0: I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to episode six of Putting in Work. I'm John O'Peck, and today's guest, visual effects artist Richard Pritchard. Rich is a great guy, and his IMDb page is definitely worth checking out. He's worked on a ton of Hollywood movies, including Happy Feet, Mad Max, Great Gatsby, Prometheus, and he's currently working on Pacific Rim 2 designing robots and cool stuff. He's also, apparently, I discovered during this interview, spent a lot of time with a studio doing animation for video games, Plastic Wax, I think they were called, uh, including Tomb Raider Anniversary and Bioshock, one of my all-time favorite games. So that is cool. I did not ask him about that specifically because I didn't know until after the interview, but uh, something to keep in mind. Rich is self-taught in his animation skills and he's worked really hard to get where he is through uh, a lot of different projects and studios at different points in time. He's so good at his job that he's even been able to move to the countryside in Warrnambool and still gets fairly steady work from what I understand. uh, Which is really saying something about his ability because a lot of those guys have to live in capital cities to do that kind of work. So, yeah, it's really cool to see someone doing so well and being able to live the lifestyle that Rich has at the same time. Without further ado, enjoy the show.
1: Well, I mean, I I, I started in graphic design. Um, I've always been in the arts. I've done magazine design, fashion design, graphic design. Internet web design and then I had a real passion for film design or films in general. Mm. So I quit my art director's job in Sydney and I got married <laughs> and I took a year off and I created a portfolio. I actually I should go back a bit. Before I quit my graph my art director's role, I went I went for a job interview at Animal Logic. One of the oh not a job interview, it was like I had a friend that was there Sure. Um, and, I, and I, he introduced me to one of the art directors there to show my portfolio, but my portfolio is all advertising stuff, and I thought it was great for the advertising world, perfect, but in the film world, it's very different, mm. and, and and he basically said, oh, you you got to start again, you start from scratch, because this doesn't relate to us at all. Sure. It's a different
0: um, type of artwork. Yeah, too.
1: that's yeah. right. Yeah, different type of artwork. So I took his advice, I took a year off and looked around the, the web and at that point there wasn't much out there um, in terms of visual effects, tutorials and stuff you could learn. Mm. So I took a year off, spent all day and night learning these programs, figuring out how to create these types of images and I created a portfolio of about seven seven images, I think. And then I took that to a company that did advertising, visual effects uh, for advertising. And, yeah, I got my first... One of my first jobs was the territory, the Ford territory. Oh, right. <laughs> when it first arrived in Australia, yeah. So I did some stuff for like that and then, yeah. So in,
0: in terms that people recognise, what were you doing that they saw the end product of? Oh,
1: well, I did um, what they call matte painting or, like, digital paintings, um, 3D paintings. Sure. So, like, I did... Um, a three D painting, moving painting, so they had like birds in it, and water and scenery, landscapes, basically digital landscapes that had sort of motion involved in it.
0: So when we see the ad of the car driving through mountains and that kind of thing, it's it's actually something you've designed. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It would be something like that. So some something painted in the background. You have mountains or rivers that don't exist, yep. and landscapes that don't exist. It's all yeah, fake. It's all, yeah.
0: <laughs> And so, what was the next step after that?
1: And then I got a job at Animal Logic <laughs> after being, you know, not exactly rejected because it wasn't a job interview, mm. but sort of, sort of uh, humbled because they were like, you're just not good enough. Mm. Or not good enough, it's just different. Mm. You know, we don't do yeah. advertising, we do film.
0: They needed to see what you could bring to them.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's a different process, different technology. So, yeah, I had to re educate myself and re jig my career. So, Took a year to do that. Yeah, and then I got my first gig was at Animal Logic working on Happy Feet.
0: Yeah, pretty good first gig. Yeah, yeah, I was <laughs>
1: stoked. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And it was amazing just to be a part of such a huge company doing you yeah, know, fantastic work.
0: Mm. What was the, so what exactly did you do on Happy Feet?
1: On Happy Feet 1, I was a texture artist. Mm-hmm. So basically, all the models in the film are grey, <coughs> just 3D grey models. And someone's got to go in there and paint them up to look photorealistic. So, I guess my background in, in graphic design and design in general helped with that, digital painting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, what was it like to see a movie at the cinema growing up, loving film and knowing that you'd worked on that? And... Oh, it was
1: a buzz. Yeah. 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 First credit is a huge buzz. Yeah. So, you seeing
0: your actual name in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. And... It was amazing.
1: And um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it was a huge, you know, huge achievement because it's only like, less than 500 people that can be a part of that sort of project, you know, maybe 1,000 to 500, Mm. and then you're one of them. And then you see, like, I had some of the stuff that I created or was a part of creating on the first trailer, and, you know, that was huge. Mm. Seeing your work on the first trailer to come out and then seeing your work in cinemas like um, advertising and stuff. There was, like, cardboard cutouts and some of the stuff that I textured was on that. That was really awesome.
0: So from there, Happy Feet, was it the same Animal Logic that you got to work on those other big films with as well? Uh,
1: No, after Animal, after Happy Feet, I think I ended up doing video games after that.
0: Yeah? Yeah. That was amazing.
1: That was was probably the most creative experience that I've had
0: at that time. Mm. So which games games would they have been for? um, Well, I
1: actually worked on the cinematic of the game, game cinematics. Whoa, I can I've got to think. Tomb Raider. Which one? Which, I can't remember. Which <laughs> one. So many of them. One of the Tomb Raiders. There's Tomb Raider. There was a Justice League game that came out. Uh, Warhammer stuff.
0: Yeah. Was this with one yeah, studio? Yeah. One studio. Yep. What was the studio? Plastic Wax. Okay. So yeah. Google that, nerds. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they're they're pretty cool. They, yeah. Are they they're, st- they're still, they're still going. exist. Yeah, they still exist. Oh, wow. yeah, they're That's going strong. Cool.
1: Even they got you know tons of crazy stuff they're doing on Transformer video games yeah, and cool. stuff like that. Yeah, some very talented people there. But that was amazing. Like, um, I think The Darkness was one of them. And, yeah, the, just the thing about games, it's like, be as creative and as crazy as you can be, and mm. I love it. What his yeah. films is like, be as conservative and have a whole lot of full-on pixel picking, mm. and, you know, and uh, tweaking, and then come out with something relatively that no one you know that everyone likes yeah
0: you know so how is it the uh went from that which sounds like you're enjoying those video game development jobs back to film was it because the work was you know you work on a project and then you're back as a a freelancer or gone for hire yeah
1: yeah you go back and forth once the the project ramps up Hmm. like when i when you start a project for a film project it could be like 15 people Hmm. and then it goes all the way up to 500 people and your company can't sustain 500 employees, you know, and so they've got to cull a whole lot of them. Yeah, and I guess and that's, that's normal. That's part of yeah. the industry. Of it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's like everyone's specialised. And so going into games was huge because a lot of new technology was coming out mm-hmm. and the gaming was pushed and, and still is getting pushed by gaming technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff I've learned now, well, I've worked on Pacific Rim 2 recently and um, I used gaming technology to finish that (laughs) that's
0: cool so what specifically is the gaming side of it
1: the technology in terms of creating photorealistic assets like pacific room 2 giant robots they need a lot of metal a metal look to them and traditionally in film to to give something a metal look is extremely complicated um you study a lot paint a lot of different types of painting maps they call them to, to get the look right. But this new technology coming out of games can do that almost automatically for you. Mm. And all you need to do is just sort of tweak values in a preset material. Um, and it saves you weeks, weeks of work. That's cool. That's <laughs> it cool. takes weeks to learn it, yeah. months to learn it, and yeah. pull your head out. But in the long run, it's, you know, it's yeah. amazing.
0: Because I know you that you worked on Great Gatsby, Prometheus. Mm. Were well, these things that you just, something comes up and you apply for that particular project?
1: Um, I don't know if I applied for any of them. They mostly came via word of mouth. You know people, they know people, and they get to know you, then they'll call you up and they'll say, hey, come and work on this, we've sure. got this and that project. So you, you've um, got enough
0: of a reputation that you don't have to convince them that you can do it. It's just we'll have you come in if you're happy to do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, some some in some cases, yeah. In other cases, when they don't know you, you have to introduce yourself and say, hey, you know, da, 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 I'm doing this. But, um, you know, if, if you've got talent and they know you and you're good to work with, mm-hmm. then you'll usually, you know, it, it works out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out because they want you to go overseas, you mm-hmm. know, or it's, it's not a project that you're interested in or yeah. stuff like that.
0: So with George Miller, how did you come to be kind of part of the crew? Because you were, you were working with his people for quite a while.
1: I worked on, because Happy Feet 1, I met a lot of people mm. on that. And then sometimes you hear, like, I think I heard from someone else that they were crewing up for, for Happy Feet 2. And so I contacted one of the guys that I knew on it. And they were like, yeah, sure, come and have a chat. So we, I had a chat and, and I jumped in from there. And, you know, and that was great. And I met more people and they're like, you work and you're good to work with. You, you go to the next one. So, yeah, working with George was awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a bit, bit more about that because... Mad Max is probably, it, it might not be the most work you've done on something, but it's definitely the film that's had the most critical praise mm. and that you've probably had the biggest connection with, would you say? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I've worked on a lot of films. That I worked with George for, for um, over four years. I think it was four years or something. Unhappy Feet 2, that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Justice League.
1: Yeah, Justice League, exactly. Justice League didn't go anywhere. Happy Feet 2 flopped. Yeah. And then you, you partly work on Mad Max in amongst those other other films in between them. And it, uh, it's a huge success. Yeah. So, you know, they, there's a saying in the film industry, everyone knows nothing. Or no one knows nothing. <laughs> yeah. you know, Because you never know, it's the same director. <laughs> one flops and one goes through the roof.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it must have been... Because uh, because when Mad Max came out, you had sort of left that side of mm. of your career behind and moved down here to Warrnambool to do kind of mock commercials and mm. working for um, was it a Brisbane company? Yeah. So to kind of have that link back to that time, did it feel like a, a nice bookend for you? Because you probably didn't realise that you're going to go back to f- films necessarily, like you have with Pacific Rim Two.
1: I think by the time I finished on Mad Max and a few other films, you can always say a little bit disillusioned yeah. from from in the film industry. Certainly on a financial point of view where you see the money being spent, like and the decisions people make with that money. It's 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 hard because on one side you see one to two, you know, I would say less than five people in the film industry in Australia get the tens of millions of dollars given to them. Mm. Like twenty, forty million dollars of taxpayer money is given to less than five people, you know, when you have a lot of independent creative artists and filmmakers out there that struggle to get twenty, fifty thousand from the government or they get shut down by local, you know, state funding for their endeavours. I was kind of like, come on, man, they've got to do something about it. So it's so wrong to give so much to a small percentage and so little to a large percentage. That I was quite, quite happy to take a break from that. You know, after working on Prometheus, that was my big fan film. Before it came out, I was like, great, I could happily not work on another film because it was a fan film. You get into this industry because you want to work on your fan films. It's ever possible, so that was that was great. After that, I felt like I'd sort of come full circle, yeah,
0: ticked off the nerd box. Yeah, it was.
1: A, yeah. I had to pinch myself in that film yeah. <laughs> um, because it was. I was a huge alien fan all my life, so you yeah. know to work on one was phenomenal. It's a shame it just wasn't very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but That was not because of you.
1: <laughs> no, and that that was one of the things that kind of got me about the industry is and annoyed me a lot that artists put so much time, you know, years and years, like two years mm. every day, they will slog it out for hours and hours and hours and lose their sleep, lose time with their family. And, and you hope that the writers and the studios and the directors would do the same in terms of getting the best crafted story they mm. possibly can. But you come out of that film going that's uneven yeah <laughs> that's very uneven like don't spend 100 million dollars on visual effects and 1 million dollars on a script <laughs> spend 50 million dollars on the script and 50 million on the visual effects yeah. get something good out you know it
0: goes both ways with a script that might be really good and then it gets chopped up and it gets so oh, we need to add this character because it's it's going mm. to be visually amazing and then the studio wants to make sure that part of it's set in China or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. the person that wrote the script is like, what did they do to my movie? Yeah. yeah.
1: It's it's interesting. I, I think it's like what I've experienced anyway. A script gets written, has a whole stack, has a story, has a whole stack of visual effects. The producers and directors, then line, Pete, line producers start budgeting the film, throw all the visual effects out, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw, throw, keep cutting and cutting all the, till they get the cost as low as they can. Yeah. And then it goes in the edit and then it gets edited. And then the studio looks at it and goes, "Well, oh, we don't, and they test it with the audience and the audience doesn't like it. What do you do? At that point, it's too late to film the cast again. Mm. So what they do is they go, well, we've got to do something, we've got to fix it. And they're like, well, let's just put more stuff in it. And then mm. they start throwing visual effects money <laughs> back into it and try and help it back up. More explosions. More more stuff. Cause they, they can't change a story cause it's yeah. set in concrete. If, if they've done their reshoots and they've got normal money to reshoot the actors, they can't afford that. Mm. Then they're kind of like, okay, how can we make this even better? by like tweaking little bits and pieces and then the film budget blows out even more. So they've got to spend more to, to make more. Yeah. And then it comes out and everyone goes, oh, it's visual effects rubbish, you know, <laughs> and like, it's got nothing to do with us. Yeah. <laughs> we just make it. They, they, they talk, the credits talk like, you know, the visual effects guys wrote the film. Yeah. It's like,
0: no, we didn't. Like, those guys went a bit over the top. They got, the, as if it's you, you guys that go, it needs more of us in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, a visual effects company or person that works in it will never say, add more explosions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never say that ever. <laughs>
0: that's funny so what's actually been the hardest part of getting to that position where you were able to just put your hand up and join in on a hollywood project like there's so much you know steps along the way stepping stones to get to that mm. point what was the the biggest challenge to you
1: well it's a continual challenge it's technology yeah yeah it's it's always been the challenge like and for everyone not not just myself but everyone struggles with technology even though it grows and People think it gets better and better. We're always trying to refine ways to do it faster and quicker and more. No matter how quick computers get, you know, or technology jumps, it's always jumping and new things come up and make other things irrelevant. Like the software that I used to use every single day for like four years, over in a month, it's become irrelevant to me now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I haven't used it in a year. Does
0: that make <laughs> because... <it sad?
1: laughs> Well, I don't know, because there's other technology so good, you know, the stuff I learn in a Pacific room, it's kind of like, Well, I don't I might need it for specific things, but creating metallic robot robotic stuff or anything with metal, Mm. that's the go to program now, not not the stuff I knew before. So if you don't keep up with that Mm. you've got to push yourself to learn it in order to make yourself better. But if you don't, then it's hard to Compete with other artists that are doing the same thing.
0: What would be your advice? As someone that didn't study what you're doing now, if someone wanted to to get into making movies and doing what you're doing, what's the best way for them to go about
1: it? Probably the best thing to do is do an online course that offers you, that teaches you how films are made and how visual effects are put together. If you want to make films, it's good to go through a course that... Shows you how all the bits and pieces get put together. Mm. Um, If you want to do visual effects, it's always good to start off learning the software that's out there. I think actually the the very best thing I can say is create a project of your own. Mm. If if you want to learn it, okay, if you want to do film, make a film of your own. And then that will give you the opportunity to decide what you need to learn to make it happen. Um, That's what I've always thought of. Like, if you want to make a film... You need to know everything about it. You know, if you want to work in the film industry um, on a particular thing, find out how it's done. You know, go- Google it, hmm. YouTube actually. <laughs> the best thing to do, Google it and YouTube it. Yeah. I YouTube everything I know, yeah. and I still YouTube everything I know.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. If you could work on any project, if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do?
1: Oh, we'll definitely be working on my own films. Hmm. Yeah, that's my whole thing now. Um, this year I'm working on my own film projects. Um, I wrote four screenplays like about four or five years ago. Um, so this year is my year to pick that all back up. So yeah, definitely, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: exciting. And is it uh, a matter of reaching out to people that can help that happen? Or is it something where like, how, you, how would you even go about that?
1: I, I think, I think you got to think holistically on a lot of different levels. Like, I want to push myself more into directing films than working on other people's films. But to do that, you need to tell a good story. So you need to know how to write a script and a screenplay. I have faults in my own way of working that I need to work on, you know. And I think, I think I'm doing the same thing I did to get in the film industry. I'm taking a year off and I'm just concentrating on stories, my own business stuff, screenplays. There's no specific way to start directing except that there's no like perfect formula. I know some people just jump and start directing Mm. and then they wonder why no one likes their films because they haven't really spent time respecting the craft of writing and and story structure. And if you don't know the rules that are common to all stories and you try to break them before you know them... Mm. And you wonder why no one understands what you're trying to film, it's because one, you need to respect the the fundamentals of writing, you know, and that sort of will along my path. And I still haven't mastered that or understood that completely myself. So I need to understand written structure. And and also the one of the big things I think is understand your audience. Yeah. And your market. You gotta write to the market, you gotta write to the audience. If you're not Writing for a specific... Don't write for yourself if you want to get into film. Yeah. Because no one will understand it. Yeah. You ought to write for a particular audience. And if and if you can master or understand that audience that you're writing to, you have a much better chance of being good at what you do because yeah. it's you specifically writing for that. Like I said, no one knows nothing. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so all just throwing uh, stuff against the wall. Yeah, you just got to throw
1: yourself in there. Yeah, you, you've got to just try it, you know, mm-hmm. just keep going. And if, you know, if there's a golden rule, which is if 50% love it and 50% hate it, you're, you're successful in the film industry. Yeah.
0: You've worked on an Aliens movie, you've worked on Mad Max. If you could work on any existing franchise, what would it be at this point? I
1: probably would like to work on either a Star Wars or a Transformers.
0: Okay. I Transformers, might, yeah. if it was a better director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't be working for well them now that you've said that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's all right. That's all right.
0: <laughs> that's okay. I thought you might say an, uh, a Marvel movie, but you'd prefer it in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, yeah, i probably prefer a Star Wars or a, or a Transformers. They're, they're the, my other fan films mm. that I've been involved in. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not something that I pursue. Yeah. But to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: good. And I keep thinking of questions for you, Rich, because we can talk it. all day, but. If the Justice League movie that you're working on had come out, how do you think it would have changed what's happening now with the DC universe? Uh, I do you think, you think it would have had an effect, uh, lasting effect? Was it going to be a good movie?
1: I think it would have been a really good movie. Yeah. Like there, there would have been some really cool, cool stuff in it, definitely. Yeah. And the actors.
0: This is the one that Megan was it Megan Gale, Megan Gale was attached yeah, to yeah. and Adam Brody. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. It was definitely very much along the lines of the Marvel type films that are coming out. There's a lot of humor mm. in it, and there was a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of joking around. It was kind of light-hearted. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of cool action set pieces. Batman was really awesome. Mm. His cave was very gothic. You know, like um, he was very gothic. His cave was gothic. He like had a lot Tim of, Burton
0: kind of. Style? Or? Oh,
1: no, more, yeah, more like a gargoyle, you know, the cartoon gargoyle. Yeah. Kind of like that, but a bit yeah. high-tech. Um, almost like your vampire kind of look.
0: Okay, like a Castlevania.
1: Yeah, 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 kind of like on the inside type of that sort of architecture. But a modern version of it. And then Wonder Woman had this really awesome outfit, roman- yeah. Romanesque. I think you can get pictures of it now on the net. Mm. She looked the part for sure. So I, I think it would have done quite quite well this one seems to be almost going more the humor side of it you know like this justice league that's coming out that that looks quite yeah it's always
0: hard to tell because the trailers don't often end up being a representation of of the final (laughs) product
1: well the prometheus trailer better than the film (laughs) they just kept that pace it would have been amazing but far out but yeah i think (laughs) i think i think think it would have it wouldn't have been as gritty as mad max was Mm. But it was definitely pretty cool to look at, you know, a Superman Superman, Wonder Woman battle. Mm,
0: okay. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll never know.
1: You'll never know. You're going to read the comic. <laughs> yeah. cool.
0: Well, thanks for your time, Rich. It's been really good. Yeah, cheers, man. Anyway. Thank you for listening. That was Richard Pritchard What A Cool Dude. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on iTunes, specifically five stars, of course. You can catch up with me on Twitter. Let me know what you think of the show at Jono himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.